Hello and welcome to Newman's Thoughts, a multimedia reading project from the Newman Institute for Catholic Thought and Culture to promote the thoughts and ideas of our patron saint, John Henry Newman. I'm Patrick Callahan, director of the Newman Institute. Today is day 17, and I'm reading section 4 of Discourse 2 to St. John Henry Newman's The Idea of a University. I'm using the Cluny Media edition of The Idea of a University. You can follow along with this or any other edition, or even online, via our daily email. St. John Henry Newman, The Idea of a University, Discourse 2, Theology, a Branch of Knowledge, Section 4. This, I fear, is the conclusion to which intellects clear, logical, and consistent have come, or are coming, from the nature of the case. And alas, in addition to this prima facie suspicion, there are actual tendencies in the same direction in Protestantism, viewed whether in its original idea, or again in the so-called evangelical movement in these islands during the last century. The religious world, as it is styled, holds, generally speaking, that religion consists not in knowledge, but in feeling or sentiment. The old Catholic notion, which still lingers in the established church, was that faith was an intellectual act, its object truth, and its result knowledge. Thus, if you look into the Anglican Book of Prayer, you will find definite credenda, as well as definite agenda. But in proportion as the Lutherans' leaven spread, it became fashionable to say that faith was not an acceptance of real doctrine, not an act of intellect, but a feeling, an emotion, an affection, a desire. And as this view of faith obtained, so was this connection of faith with truth and knowledge more and more either forgotten or denied. At length the identity of this so-called spirituality of heart and the virtue of faith was acknowledged on all hands. Some men indeed disapproved the pietism in question, others admired it, but whether they admired or disapproved, both the one party and the other found themselves in agreement on the main point, viz., in considering that this really was in substance religion, and nothing else, that religion was based not on argument, but on taste and sentiment, that nothing was objective, everything subjective in doctrine. I say, even those who saw through the affectation in which the religious school of which I am speaking clad itself, still came to think that religion, as such, consisted in something short of intellectual exercises, namely in the affections, in the imagination, in inward persuasions and consolations, in pleasurable sensations, sudden changes, and sublime fancies. They learned to believe to take it for granted that religion was nothing beyond a supply of the wants of human nature, not an external fact and a work of God. There was, it appeared, a demand for religion, and therefore there was a supply. Human nature could not do without religion any more than it could do without bread. A supply was absolutely necessary, good or bad, and as in the case of the Articles of Daily Sustenance, an article which was really inferior was better than none at all. Thus religion was useful, venerable, beautiful, the sanction of order, the stay of government, the curb of self-will and self-indulgence, which the laws cannot reach. But after all, on what was it based? Why, that was a question delicate to ask, and imprudent to answer. But if the truth must be spoken, however reluctantly, the long and the short of the matter was this, that religion was based on custom, on prejudice, on law, on education, on habit, on loyalty, on feudalism, on enlightened expedience, on many, many things, but not at all on reason. Reason was neither its warrant nor its instrument, and science had as little connection with it as with the fashions of the season or the state of the weather. You see, gentlemen, how a theory or philosophy, which began with the religious changes in the 16th century, has led to conclusions which the authors of those changes would be the first to denounce and has been taken up by that large and influential body which goes by the name of liberal or latitudinarian, and how, where it prevails, 
It is as unreasonable, of course, to demand for religion, a chair in a university, as to demand one for fine feeling, sense of honor, patriotism, gratitude, maternal affection, or good companionship, proposals which would be simply unmeaning. Thanks for listening to Newman's Thoughts. To discover more about today's readings, or to download this season's reading guide, visit www.newmansthoughts.com. This has been a production of the Newman Institute for Catholic Thought and Culture, an apostle of the Diocese of Lincoln in partnership with St. Gregory the Great Seminary and the UNL Newman Center, St. Thomas Aquinas Church.